As we've aged into marriage <laughs> more and more. <laughs> Great, we're just gonna go. <laughs> I think it is, you get so much more familiar with one another that it's easier and it's scary how easy and quick you can be with your tongue in how cutting you can be or how encouraging you can be, right? Like, yeah. because you know someone so well, it's so easy for you to either abstain from even saying something, which is another form of just mm -hmm. of not using your tongue, right? We're going to go through James today, James 3, I believe, the first section, and talk about what it means and why we should be taming our tongue yeah, uh, and how it pertains to marriage. Let's do it. Okay, we'll see you on the other side. Young married person, whether you're watching this, listening to this, whether you're a husband or a wife, I think the most dangerous time verbally mm. for a young couple is going to be whenever that honeymoon phase fades <laughs> from that yeah. moment that it's faded and you realize, okay, I'm in, I'm in the, like the Twitter patient is gone. Like this is just real life. It's My, never you've gone. realized your spouse is human. No, <laughs> they're not. They're not perfect. You've realized that <laughs> you're not a perfect spouse. From that moment until you mature to the point where you understand what James is saying in James chapter three here, that's going to be the most dangerous time in your marriage, yeah. verbally speaking. Verbally speaking, how's that? Verbally sound? speaking, uh, slightly redundant. And so, our hope here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's redundant. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave it. It's fine. Um, so, our hope here is that we would accelerate that that understanding so yeah. that that time period between when you realize that your marriage that you're you know you're not perfect to the point where you understand your words are powerful because in that moment the thing is when you have the opportunity to yeah. be really cutting toward one another yeah. wives yeah. you know we're gonna talk a little bit about like uh, sins of aggression sins of passivity that might crop up in the area of speech to one another yeah but wives can tend to kind of want to usurp with their tongue where husbands would want to uh dominate yeah with their yeah with their tongue with their words so we're hoping that we, you can make that period non-existent in your marriage. Well, and it's, it's just, I mean, it just attributes why it's so important for young married couples or any couple of that, you know, we'll just say any couple is rooted in scripture, is spending time daily yeah. in the word, whether it's memorizing and I mean, you go through different seasons in marriage and sometimes you can read and just absorb chapters and chapters and chapters of scripture. But then there's some days where you're being demanded by four children and you need to just work on scripture memory because that is what is getting into your heart going through one two or three verses just to remind yourself of why i'm not going to say the cutting things that i'm thinking in my head or why i'm not just going to ignore or dismiss yeah. what my husband is saying so i love real quick i love that you just said four children are demanding over time because <laughs> we do have four children just the fourth one who happens to be very demanding is still in selena's in the womb in the womb so that's awesome. Yeah, because that child is certainly demanding of you. I can tell you firsthand. Sometimes. Would you agree? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, keeping you tired and exhausted. And <laughs> it's good times. All the signs of life. So let's read. Let's let's jump yep. right into James um, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. Okay. Celine's going to read it for us today. Ready. Taming the tongue. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man, able to bridle his whole body. If we put bits in the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also. Though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. 
So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird or of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring pour forth from the same opening both fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives, or a grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. This is such an interesting uh, passage. Uh, Selena, although you, did, you had a moment pre-record here where, so I'm currently on the tail end of learning to, to st- I'm learning Greek and I'm on the tail end of all that. And so I'm translating James right currently. And I said, <laughs> you know, we should read the, the version I translated. You're like, that's heresy. <laughs> that feels okay. like heresy. <laughs> I thought, you know. You gotta it's give not, me a little bit of no. I'm not saying well because you the way you presented it, your delivery was like, "Well, you should read my translation," I'm kidding, and I'm yeah. like, "Well, that doesn't it's not sound quite there. Yet, that doesn't sound good." Point is, I, I've been able to kind of see under the hood some of these words. Yeah. It's really cool to see uh, James and how he just is unpacking the point that he's making, and right. it makes me ask this question: It's like, what is he doing? Yeah, because this to me feels like it's an outside-in sort of approach, and that sits well with the rest of James, right? Because James right. is the guy that says, you know, show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by what I do. In right. other words, like faith without works is dead is what James says. And many would read that and they'd say it's against all the Pauline grace theology we've been given. It's against what we have come to know and, and appreciate as, you know, people saved by grace alone, mm-hmm. through faith alone, in Christ alone. And James is saying also works. And really what James is getting at is that if your faith is genuine, you know, the works will follow. The right. works didn't instantiate the faith. Right. The faith was given by a gift of the Holy Spirit. But if that faith is genuine, right. it will have to have these works. But then here in he's talking about the tongue. And he's just saying, he's not saying, hey, if your faith is good, then your tongue should be good too. He's just basically saying like, don't let your tongue set your world ablaze. Which it sounds like, you know, he's talking to obviously the believer, but he says with it, we bless our Lord. And then with it, we also curse our neighbor who is made in the image of God. I mean, we see that all the time across social media, you know, Christians and non-Christians alike. It's the tongue. I, I feel like he's just taking this part of us and he's saying this, the tongue is un, like it's untamable and it is dangerous. And you have to understand that even like the best believer needs still to needs to bridle his tongue, right? Even right. best believer. You know what I mean? Like well, yeah, the one that's trying to live uh, the most faithful, trying to be obedient, trying to just live out what the Lord has instructed, right? We're all striving for that, not out of, from a place of salvation and, and being yes. saved, but as a place of I've been loved and saved and I, I want to glorify God because I've been loved and saved by Him. And the the point that he's making is not just don't say uncomfortable things. He's right. saying we don't curse people with the same tongue that we bless God with because mm. we, we can't curse those people because they're made in his image. And, the, and by cursing, I don't mean like casting a spell or something like right. that, but instead, you know, uh, reviling or in any way uh, just going against what what the gospel would inform mm-hmm. us to do. Uh, and how to treat And we do that, that, that can be so easy to do online because we, 
This is not to be confused with speaking the truth in love because you can go online. I've I've gotten tore apart by people who don't share our yeah. Christian worldview by simply just quoting verses. Yeah. And I'm not attacking them personally. They're image bearers. But I'm attacking their ideas mm-hmm. with Scripture, and they don't like it. And that's that, that's not what James is talking about here. And so I want to contrast this a little bit with Matthew. When Jesus spoke in Matthew 12, 33 and following, he said, either make the tree good and its fruit good. Remember, James is doing an outside-in approach, and here we'll see Jesus is going from the inside out, right? So if it's good, then it should bear good fruit. Mm -hmm. What's in your heart overflows through your mouth. And he says this, is either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. Mm. You brood of vipers, he's talking to the Pharisees, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil mm. so there's there, th- those two things but what james is saying what jesus is saying which by the way they were, ha- they were brothers <laughs> so it wasn't like they're they're opposing one another right but they're, they're complementary yeah. uh images of one another and james is coming from the standpoint of like listen you say you're a believer mm-hmm. this is what now you need to do with your tongue from the outside <laughs> in yeah i mean jesus ch- is chapter... saying you say you're a believer but what's coming out of your mouth doesn't look like you're a believer Therefore, you should have a red flag that in your heart that says, maybe I don't actually believe right. what maybe I say I a believe. Deeper, yeah, problem with the source. <laughs> so there's both this, just buckle it down, bridle it at the, at the source of your tongue, but there's also this, if it is going off the rails and you are an, unable to bridle it mm-hmm. in a way that is representative of a sanctified soul, soul being sanctified, right. then as Jesus would say, like that's an indicator of what's happening in your heart. So good. And so they're not... They're not uh, opposing messages, but they're complementary messages. So what are some examples of a tongue that would set a household ablaze? <laughs> uh, I couldn't help but think of, again, we mentioned this early on, but uh, a wife. Like I, We've said this before. A wife has access to her husband's heart, unlike anyone else. And the same can be said about a husband yeah. accessing his wife's heart. Uh, when we were young, um, when we were first married, we moved to Switzerland. I had to have open heart surgery. As part of that open heart surgery, they connected wires up over my clavicle. And you can't see this if you're not watching on YouTube, but it went through my skin here. Mm-hmm. And the wires went under the skin, up and over my collarbone, and down to touch the various like synapse mm-hmm. points of my heart or whatever. Right. And the wires were tied to the outside of you. <laughs> Which they didn't do me any favors on the whole scar front, because I got some really gnarly scars right here. <laughs> um, people are, look at me funny whenever I'm swimming. No. And they were tied off like shoelaces, like these metal wires. <laughs> and I'm looking down, you know, I feel a little bit, you know, uh, out of sorts. And I remember at any point, and I said, what are these for? And they said, well, if your heart decides to stop or it mm. beats irregularly, at any point we can hook you up to a pacemaker and we can basically reset, reset your heart. And that way we can save your life. And I thought, well, you could also fry my heart. <laughs> hook those things up to a car battery. <laughs> like, I wouldn't, my heart wouldn't like that too right, much. Right. In the same way, your words are like those wires t- into your spouse's heart. And you can either use those, the, those wires, those words, to bring life mm-hmm. when your, your heart, your, your spouse's heart is palpitating, so to speak, <laughs> where they are feeling aimless, hopeless, peaceless, pe- yeah. peaceless, is that a word? Without Lack peace. Of peace. <laughs> <laughs> Anxious. You could either pour fire, you could pour gas on that fire, or you can pour water on that fire. And yeah. James is saying that the tongue itself can start the fire. Right. And I think that 
you know, not every wife tends to be the verbal processor that we're all categorized as, but whoever is more of a verbal processor might need to take heed of the words that James is saying here because I think it just it's so so much easier to complain if you are if you process things a little more verbally and 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 as a wife I think that is something that we tend to battle being wives. I don't know that I, I know men complain. They complain differently. Yeah, they can just complain. We all complain, right, about stuff. I can fall into ruts where I'm complaining. Yes, and we're just, we're ungrateful. Yeah. We're just a constant drip, right, to our husband. of, And he would rather just go live on the corner of a roof than with a, <laughs> isn't that what the proverb says? Yeah. <laughs> so, with a naggy wife. Then with a naggy wife. That's the holy term right there. Um, so, I, Can I share yeah. from us? Because you're a verbal processor and you will oftentimes... I don't feel like I'm as much of a verbal processor. No, you're more of a stream of conscious, consciousness sort Sometimes, of because so I feel safe with you, but You'll go about your day anymore. and you're like, you're like, oh, I need, to, I need to get cream cheese or something at the store. Oh, oh, I need to feed the chickens. Oh, I need to... And I'm just like, do I need to be part of any of this at any point? Because you're just saying it. And, or do you not like that you have to do these things? Or Okay, I, but he doesn't finish sentences. So if you want to talk about... I don't... Of course there, no, there are things you're like them a lot later. <laughs> <laughs> when we're any of our like miscommunication, like the mishaps that we have, I feel like are because either of course I didn't hear correctly or he didn't complete like his thoughts <laughs> on what we were actually doing. The tongue is fire, Selena. <laughs> I don't want to start any fires. So you just stop in the middle. <laughs> you can't start a fire if right. you're not if you're not throwing the matches Goodness. out there. Uh, so the, okay, so. The wife who is a very cutting tongue, a husband can have a cutting tongue, Absolutely. cutting tone as well. Absolutely. Um, an example of this would be a husband who is dismissive with his words. Mm-hmm. Or overly critical, I think, Overly too. critical. I am, so husbands, if you're listening to this, watching this, I'm finishing up a book. Selena's finishing up the wife's counterpart of this book, but they're communication books. And I am, uh, I'm just to be candid, I'm trying to find the balance between sharing like honest truth without losing credibility. <laughs> because like... <laughs> I, cause I, cause growing up or in our marriage, I should say growing up in our marriage, there were times when I was, I would use speech to d- be dismissive. And it's not like you were thinking, oh man, he's just dismissing me right now. It's just, you would feel invalidated and it's not like I'm being malicious. It's just, I didn't understand what you I was doing. You didn't know how to communicate well. And so I talk a lot <laughs> about how like, Hey, the young husband, you know, whoever's reading the communication book, know that this is a power that you can have and you mm-hmm. need to be very careful with it. And this is an accident or a mistake I made. And so this is something that we dealt with a lot is being dismissive, me to mm-hmm. be dismissive with my words. Not, and I never was degrading or demeaning to you. Like I would never say, Selena, you're such this. No, you're, you, you're, you were critical though. You were a little more critical, I think, yeah. at least. And, but I'm also, I can tend to be overly sensitive about hearing anything critical about my life yeah. because I was not raised in a, in a healthy, like, yeah. uh, I didn't have that ability to mm. separate the criticalness from the, uh, who I am, like my identity, right? And so, we yeah. can get critiques from our our husband, our spouse, uh, but it doesn't invalidate who we are in Christ and who we are. It shouldn't, anyways. If it's a true, like, holy concern, mm-hmm. um, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Nail knocks off the rails. And just to be clear, like we're we're great. Like it wasn't years and years. No, of this no, is no. All it was, but you'd we'd have we're conversations that were elevated in yeah. their attention, and it would come out as being you know critical or dismissive or whatever. Yeah, and it goes both ways. Yeah, we had to learn and grow in these areas. Yeah, uh, I mean, we talk about you know talk about like lazy communication. Yeah, when you're kind of unintentionally. Yeah. 
you're not trying to be hurtful, but you're just not really even putting any effort into uh, how you're talking to your spouse yeah. or valuing them in the way. Yeah, there's there's kind of uh, the communication stuff you do on accident, mm-hmm. which I feel like no matter who you are, you're going to fall into that at yeah. some point. You're yeah. going to say things unintentionally. You're going to miscommunicate. Thank the Lord for repentance. And, you know, and it will start fires, and it's up to you to put the fires out and to through look to the Lord through yep. repentance um, and to repent to one another. But then there's... The, the the words that we might use that are intentional. Yeah. Right? And we would categorize those as verbal abuse. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so verbal abuse, and it's real. It's a, it, you know, manipulation falls under this. We've talked about that in the past. Mm-hmm. Some of what we're going to say will touch on the previous things, um, manipulation, I don't know, categories or yeah. common manipulation tactics. Look that up on fiercemarriage.com if you want to listen to that or read all about that. Um, but let's just, so there's a website, it's called One Love, it's a nonprofit. Their whole thing is educating young adults and what a healthy relationship looks like. Mm-hmm. Because tragically, one of the, the founder's daughter, after like three weeks before graduating college, mm-hmm. was in her apartment and her ex-boyfriend came in and basically just beat her to death. And that's mm-hmm. very tragic. And so they started this nonprofit to help show people how to live in healthy relationships. Right, and how to recognize abuse. I don't see signs of this being a faith-based nonprofit at all. Not to say that they don't maybe have, you know, any, a faith of their own, but I think it's good. And this, again, go to joinonelove.org and this article is there uh, if you want to read it. But this is 11 common patterns of verbal abuse. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're just going to go through this, their list because I, th- I feel like it was a helpful list. Super helpful. Um, the first one, verbal abuse, using your tongue as the fire. Yeah. Using your tongue at, for cursing, right? And as scripture, the other translation, as I found out as I was reading through it in the Greek is it's... Can from the same spring can it come bitter water or salt water, mm-hmm. and also fresh water or sweet water? Mm. And so all of these are going to be under the bitter water mm-hmm. category. Right. And let's talk about the sweet water right. um, counterparts. Yeah, as I, we agree. Do this, okay? I agree. So bitter versus sweet. Number one, name calling. An example of that is just you iterate, you idiot. <laughs> You idiot. Yeah. Now you've made me angry. Right? Right. I don't know if I've ever said that to you. No. Now you've as made you, me angry. As you listen, you'll probably see more of your tendencies or less. Right. But I think it's good to be aware of. I mean, if you're around other couples too and you see some of these patterns playing out, it's good to ask some questions, right? Uh, so name calling is just never, it's never constructive And it wouldn't be that, maybe that overt even. You could say, man, you're such an airhead. Like, I can't believe you forgot right. that again. Right, right. Or you're such a ditz. Or you're so lazy. You're such a lazy whatever. <laughs> okay. No. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about the wife uh, talking to the husband. Gotcha. So what's the sweet water counterpart, counterpart to this name calling? I think like just blessing your spouse. Yes. Encouraging your spouse. You are wonderful. You are beautiful. I love you. Thank you, you for working hard and providing for us. Thank you for uh, your integrity and the relationships at work. Thank you for your honesty and your transparency. This is another episode, but what if your husband's not honest? What if he doesn't have integrity? Well, you can't lie to him. he's lazy, truly. Yeah, you well, can't there's lie a to way him. to not be a name caller, but also call him out, out of that into truth. Ooh, name calling, but name calling versus calling out. That's good. Yeah. Number two, condescension. Here's an example. Oh my goodness. So this example is very cringy, (laughs) but I'm just going to read it because it had a... (laughs) My eyebrows went straight up after he said this. The example of condescension is this. No wonder you're always moaning about your weight. Look how clean your plate is. It's a terrible if, example. It's a terrible example. If you've ever said anything like that to your spouse, slap yourself in the face and yeah. go repent to your, your right. spouse. Well, this is, oh I mean, goodness. this is the whole sarcastic um, 
your partner them. is like yeah. the yeah your your spouse is the the butt of the joke and it, what did we say sarcasm is the like lowest form of communication and so we we don't yeah. sarcastic remarks have not really been a part of our marriage uh, it just feels gross it does sarcasm feels gross and it cheap. does and um, it it does but if you if that's on, yeah. but if that's your if that's your kind of your default or you're comfortable in how you communicate like have you ever asked your spouse if that if they like being communicated to in that way i mean it's just something to, to think yeah. about so We're instead sorry. of being condescending it's, and belittling the sweet water version of this would be what again encouragement uh joking with them and not making them the butt of the joke right yeah. <laughs> that's good yeah. Okay, number three. We have to go quickly through these. Manipulation. And we got a whole episode on that. This example is fire because it's so true and I it feel like is. people do it uh, without knowing it. And it's, it's super this. subtle, yeah. If you really loved me, you wouldn't say that. If you, you, if you really loved me, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. Or if you really loved me, you would do that. You oh. Yep. Again, starting to fire with that yes. tongue because now you've heaped on them maybe a All definition of love that is not biblical. Yes. Because who... Mm. Like you better, you better be on the right track. And if you, if you, if they're not loving you well, then don't say, if you really loved me, you'd do that. That's, that's totally manipulative. You can say, I don't feel loved by you when you do this. That to yeah. me is like straight shooting. That's yeah. clear. Not, you know, not manipulative. All right. Number four, criticism. Again, we did talk about this earlier that it's kind of, it's okay to have, I think some constructive criticism or like a, a concern about, you know, your walk with the Lord or some like some actual concern for a spouse, right? But if you're constantly just belittling them, right. criticizing them, uh, they're just you're just hurting their self-esteem, right? So an yeah. example is, why are you so disorganized? I can always count on you to ruin our nights out. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, so uh, criticism, I think, is is marked by a lack of advancing the character trait that you're criticizing, right? right? Instead of me saying, hey, can we talk about this? We're running late. You're you're just organized an awful lot. Yeah. Can I help you, or what is the what is the reason for that, or what is going on? You know, can we in like can we dive mind? into this together and figure out why? Let's we're work it out instead working. of me just observing and critiquing a yes, flaw. Yes, I agree. As a spouse, too, like you said, I think not just a you statement. I do think there. I think if you want to ease into mm-hmm. those conversations, you can say, "I, you know, I feel like we are always running late. We feel a bit disorganized when we're getting out the door." It seems consistent. Is there something that I can do to like make this better? And I think that just kind of opens the door a little bit more gently. Then, yeah, because you're trying to actually move the move the needle right. in your life, which and is not the, just point out flaws. Right, and I think that would be the sweet water. Right. Yeah. All right. Number five: demeaning comments. This is another form of setting your relationship ablaze through the power of the tongue. Demeaning comments. Uh, I can't read one of them because it's yes, <laughs> it's overtly racist. Uh, but I don't know. I'll read the second one. It says, yeah. You women, you're always crying stupid tears for nothing, <laughs> right? So you, imagine that, like your wife is crying. Yeah, and you're just a you stone women, wall. You always cry stupid tears for nothing. Mm. So you're 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 demeaning her because you can say the same thing to a, a, a husband. You, you men always crying stupid tears for nothing, <laughs> <laughs> or like you men are all the same, right? You all, you're all the same. You just want sex, or you just want whatever, or you yeah. just like demeaning. You're, so you're, you're demeaning a very a, a trait of their identity. Yeah, which. Being a woman is part of your identity. Being a man is part of yeah, my identity. It's, it's not my name. primary ultimate identity. That's in Christ. But the point is, is like I've now not just demeaned you as my wife, but now you as a woman. Yeah. And as an image bearer of God, yeah. right? You're, you're, it's doing right what James 3 is talking about. Now, men, if you, or wives, if you call yourselves Christian, these things are, are 
you're doing what James is warning against. Yeah. You're blessing the Lord. You're saying, I'm a Christian. I have trust in the Lord. By the way, I'm going to deride, curse, revile right. and these the are, one made in your image. These are all things that need to be dealt with in terms of the need. you need to repent, you need to bring it to the cross, and you need to repent to your, your spouse. And yeah. you need to not just stop at repentance because... Um, if it's true repentance, then it will lead to change, right? Yeah. And so it's not just, I'm sorry, I did this again. And then you just do it again. Although as yeah. believers, we are supposed to have that forgiveness, that level of forgiveness all the time. I feel like James is addressing, like he's putting a Band-Aid on yeah. the wound and Jesus is saying, get the heart right yeah. and let me be the one to get your heart right. Yeah. James is saying, just stop the bleeding. Like don't say these things simply because they will set your, your house ablaze. Yeah. If you have the urge to say these things, go to Christ. Yeah. Let him transform your heart. Number six, threats. Uh, yeah, another pattern of verbal abuse. Uh, they say it could be easy to recognize, but sometimes people dress it up in ways that aren't so bad. So an example is, I will hurt myself if you leave me tonight, or if you don't do that, you might find that your cat spends the night outdoors. So threatening your spouse or threatening something that they value um, to try to get your way. Not only is it childish, yeah. uh, but it's also very hurtful. Um, yeah, the sweet water to this would just be no threats, and to actually deal with the whatever the conflict is. Yeah. Uh, if you're feeling threatened or you're feeling something that you, you don't understand, bring it to your spouse and talk to them about it. Have a conversation. Yeah. Ask have a questions. You have a covenant that's strong enough to deal with this stuff. Yeah. You don't have to um, play emotional verbal chess. That's yes. manipulative. You can yeah. just talk to one another yeah. number seven blame example is you're the reason why we are never on time for anything or look what you made me do now mm. this sounds like our two-year-old <laughs> oh, she is the she will yeah maybe she, even our six-year-old she will disobey you know multiple times in a row and then be mad at us because we're the ones that put her in time out like how, why could you do this to me right like right what you made me do right but blame. when you're in a relationship right and there is some affection there it can be hard to see how blame you know or you're a new a newly married couple and like blame just okay well maybe i am maybe i did do that and i am causing this maybe i am you know so be I think cautious, be discerning, yeah. have the conversations before you point out the blame. That would be, I think, the sweet water is just uh, be quick, be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to even the practice. Yeah, put the blame on anyone yeah. outside of yourself. And the practice here is seeing things accurately. That's yeah. what the Bible says that the Lord detests uneven measures, like right? yeah. things that are claiming to be true, which are not true. Yeah. So we need to be like have our eyes open, being able to detect truth yeah. and see things clearly. And doing so will will eliminate the blame game. Yeah. Because I don't have to, I can express my frustration without attributing all of it to you because there's inevitably going to be part of it that's both of ours to, yeah, to, to bear. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And so you have to find a way to let, let that frustration either let it go or let it come out in a mm -hmm. way that's not going to be hurtful. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe let, not let the frustration come out, but communicate the yeah. source of the frustration. All right, a few more of these. Number eight is accusations. Here's mm. an example. I bet you're cheating on me. Or I saw you had fun flirting with your boss again while I was stuck chatting to your boring coworkers. Well, and what's the difference between an accusations and blame? They say, they say that it often stems from like severe jealousy. Mm. Um, and then the repeated accusations are a form of verbal abuse, just being constantly accused of something. 
um, constantly. Here's the trick, though. I'm, I'm going to jump in. Because you have maybe a husband who has not proven himself sure. perfect. Sure. Whether he's, you know, been caught in some sort of sexual sin or lust or pornography mm-hmm. or, you know, looking at other women or even, God forbid, an affair, physical, emotional, either or. Uh, and say he's trying to rebuild yeah. trust. And you've got maybe five years of rebuilding behind you. Yeah. Whatever happened, happened. <clears throat> You've reconciled, you've rebuilt. Now I could see if it could be husband or wife, but the, the spouse who was the victim, if they're not careful, they could be making accusations. Like, oh, I just feel like I bet you're cheating on me again. Or I bet, right. let me see your computer. Let right. me see, I bet you're looking at porn right. again. Well, and that's the. And no matter how, how hard that spouse tries to fight through that, mm-hmm. um, they're they're always feeling like it, it's undermining their ability to feel like they can actually gain trust back. Well, and I think, again, the sweet water here is not just accusing, not just stopping with the problem, but actually asking questions before Mm. so that you're you're understanding what the actual problem is. Maybe you are feeling Mm. uh, those, something triggered you to feel that this, your spouse is cheating. So instead of accusing, again, going to them humbly, going to them in love, being self-controlled with our tongue and saying, I'm having these feelings again. I'm feeling triggered by whatever. Can we talk about this, right? And so that would show, I think, the growth mm. that a couple has gone through in terms of rebuilding trust. That's good. Uh, let's move through these quickly. There's three more. Uh, withholding. Mm. Withholding. Here's an example. You're discussing restaurant options and you don't want to go with your partner with your partner's preference. They leave the room and refuse to talk to you until you apologize for being mean. Hmm. So they're basically withholding themselves from you because they want to get what they want from you. Right, right. Um, so that we talked about this in the manipulation side. So go check out, the, uh, go to fiercemarriage.com. There's a search feature there. Search for manipulation tactics or manipulation. We'll have a full episode on that. And um, some of them have transcripts. Um, talk about that there. This next one is gaslighting. We have we a whole also, episode yes. on gaslighting. We did a whole communication series. So search for fierce marriage in gaslighting yeah. whether on our website or on google you'll find that uh, but here's an example of gaslighting is why are you always so sensitive to everything sensitive to everything why are you always so sensitive <laughs> right. to everything it's, it's a way of making somebody feel isolated or unable to kind of express their feelings you're just yeah. discounting them you're invalidating them on yeah. every level and final a final way that the tongue can be a fire in a marriage is through circular arguments mm. um this one's interesting but basically uh People on the receiving end of these types of disagreements tend to feel like they're walking on eggshells in order to avoid going back to the same argument mm. again and again. This is what happens when you fail to forgive, mm. when you fail to walk in full light of the grace, the fact that you've been forgiven in Christ, right. and you are now privileged and called to forgive others right. as you've been forgiven in Christ. Yeah. You know, biblical marriage says, Christ has not held my sin against me, so how could I possibly hold mm. your sin against mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Now, circular arguments will happen if you've not dealt with that. Right. If you've not either had repentance and forgiveness, or you've just let you've let you've tried to sweep it under the rug, and yeah. bitterness is taking root and it's festering. Yep. Um, and so the key there, run to Christ, and that's yep. what, how we're going to end this episode today. Is friends, if any of these things set off, you know, light bulbs in your head or flags in your heart that says, "I need to work on that," we're here yeah. to say, "You can't do it on your own. We can't do it on our own. Yeah. We we need help." We need help, and we have the help that we need abundantly in Christ. And it looks like this. You put your faith in Him. 
Trust him to be the savior of your soul, the one who lived a perfect life that you couldn't live and died the death you should have died, rose again, ascended into heaven so that he might reign on the throne where he reigns to this day and is calling his own unto him Mm -hmm. by the power of the Holy Spirit whom he sent to illumine his word and to enact salvation in our hearts Mm -hmm. through our faith in him. Place your faith in Christ. If you want to learn more about what that means, go to thenewsisgood.com. We have a website set up for you. We'd love to invite you into the family of God. Uh, And one more just caveat here if you if some of these things are really just hitting you hard and you feel like you are Mm -hmm. in a verbally abusive relationship um, then we would encourage you to seek help outside of your own marriage so seek help from a pastor uh, from a guide couple which is someone who loves the lord loves you all and knows you all and wants to um, get you back on track with with christ and with loving one another well Um, get get a, a bible believing counselor um, and if obviously if the abuse is severe, get get out and get help. Call nine one one. You know, take care of yourself, yeah. um, and work through that. And you don't have to do that alone. And so, yeah. just that last bit of encouragement there. That's good. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word that is so instructive in mm-hmm. our hearts and it's so timeless. Mm-hmm. It's timely and timeless in our hearts and minds. I pray that it would bear its full goodness and weight on our hearts and transform our hearts that we might not be, as Jesus said, like. Uh, living out uh, uh, letting our faith not spill out into mm-hmm. our lives instead our heart being rotten I pray that our heart be made new yeah. take our heart of stone make it into a heart of flesh that we might live out this faith and that starts with how we love you how we love one another the words we use and the actions we do I pray for the husbands and wives struggling that you would be their hope be their peace sustain them set their feet on solid ground in Jesus name Amen Amen All right, uh, friends, if you're watching this on YouTube, thank you. Please hit that subscribe button. We really appreciate this. Uh, Hit the like button. If you're listening on the podcast, go to YouTube. We're trying to build up our YouTube audience because we love the channel. We think think that's going to be potential for the future ministry that that we're building here, that God's building, rather. Um, If you want to partner with us Mm -hmm. as we continue to do this work, by the grace of God, we're going to continue going, but we need people like you who are Mm like-minded. Go to fiercemarriage.com slash partner, and we would be honored to have your partnership there. So that's it for the Fierce Marriage Podcast this week. Uh, This episode is... See you again. Seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.